and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. How are you doing this week, Cap? I'm doing really well. Do you want to hear my big news of the week? Yes. I got new slippers. I saw that on your Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. How are they? I mean, they, uh, they've they just improved my quality of life by like 300%. I can't believe I haven't bought proper slippers before now. I am guilty of buying slippers all the time and never wearing them because my feet actually get too hot. Well, there is... And I don't know why I haven't just, you know, gotten on board with that. Yeah, do you know what? I've done that. I've always bought cheap slippers too. And I actually spent a little bit of money on these ones. And because they're natural fibers, you don't get too sweaty. Nice. Anyway, I'm in love with them. I'm not taking them off ever. And I'm going to be that irritating person that takes them with her to like every house that she goes to a bit like my in-laws that do that weird thing where they turn up with their slippers in their bag I'm gonna be that person now and I'm okay with that excellent well I'm glad you've uh, come into a new phase of life and embraced <laughs> <the> slipper life <laughs> so rock and ro- so rock and roll over here uh Reagan how's your week going yeah it's good so I'm in Vegas uh for a work conference that I'm doing all the social media for so um it's actually been fantastic we have not been going out every night I've made it to the gym twice the best part about it is is that my kids are with my in-laws <gasps> and all I have to do is worry about my own schedule, which I never, pre-having kids, I never realized how much of a vacation in itself that is. Oh man, But God. it's been lovely. But tell me, I, I know that it's great that you went to the gym and you didn't go out and all of that, but tell me you are going out at least yeah. once in Vegas. Yes. So tonight is like the big end of the conference. So it's like a big steak dinner and we've got our own karaoke rooms, which is fabulous. I'm <gasps> so excited about that. And then we are staying actually through the weekend. So I'm going to hit up the Vanderpump Garden at Caesars Palace and uh, have some cocktails and take some pictures. So we'll be putting those on the socials for everyone to enjoy. But I am most excited about that. Yeah, so expect some massive Vanderpump spam coming your way. Absolutely. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not a big gambler. Like, I'd rather just spend money on, like, good food and drinks. I do like the electronic blackjack at the Excalibur. Like, that's my favorite because I get really intimidated by blackjack dealers and really not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. So, like, the video ones are a lot easier and I can, you know, do that. No, I, I, I get really intimidated by, like, croupiers and proper tables and all of that stuff because I've got no fucking clue what I'm doing. I just will happily no. sit there with a big plastic cup full of, like, quarters and just drop them into slot machines and pull the one-armed bandit, whatever. That's what it's called, right? I think so. But you know what? They mostly are all electronic now. So you just push buttons and I feel like it's lost like that The romance. It's taken the romance out of gambling. Because really <laughs> gambling's so romantic, <laughs> you know, as you, as you flush your money down the drain, never to be seen again. It's just sunshine and romance. Uh, anyway, should we get on yeah. with what we came here for? We should, we should. So uh, I think we're starting with the uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, like always. We are, and Kenya's getting messy again, for sure. So there's a couple of things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Kenya and Tanya and that. And we're also going to talk about, and I think we should start here maybe, with Dennis and Portia and that kind of meet the family awkwardness that happened this week. Yeah, like the uh, the apology tour of yeah. Dennis. <laughs> yeah. This is so right. Portia's like his tour manager and she's just like taking him around place to place and like going, yes. and now you must apologize. And she's not wrong. Like, I kind of love her for doing it. Absolutely. And I think like some really interesting points are brought up, but like, 
you've cheated on our family. Like we were creating this unit and you fucked up. And I think she's 100% right for that. Um, I'm also really interested in how like Mama Gina like deals with the whole thing. Cause obviously this is her son who's done the mess up. And he keeps going on and on about how he's upset that like Diane and Lauren didn't reach out to him, which I think is ridiculous. Like whose mom and sister are going to be like, you cheated on like our person, but how are you doing? I just... I know. I was... And I think, yeah, again, Dennis just reveals how immature he is and kind of how not ready he is for this whole thing because what I found interesting is during this dinner, we also discovered that he wasn't looking after Pilar while Portia was off in right. um, Toronto. You know, she Pilar's with her mom and her sister. So, I, I mean, I, at this point, I'm thinking... How much is he actually stepping up? Like, yeah. throwing another ring at Portia, for me, doesn't count as stepping up. Like, what would really matter to me was if he went, you know what? I'm going to nail being a dad. I'm going to kick the shit out of being a dad. Yeah. I'm going to get that. I'm going to make sure Pilar is nothing that she ever needs to worry about, that we have a great bond, and that my wife, the or wife-to-be, the woman I love, can go off and have a great time knowing that I've got this shit. Yeah, I 100% agree That's with love. you. Yeah, and I don't think he's doing that, and... I mean, like, we talked about it last week, like, all these grand gestures and things like that. Like, Dennis does grand gestures really well, like he always has throughout their entire relationship. But I just wonder, like, you're not listening to her? Like, she wants to take this slow and really make sure you do it the right way this time, implying that you rushed everything before. So, like, just chill out. And I don't know if Portia's just, like, drinking the Kool-Aid, so, like, she's all on board now, or there's obvious stuff going on that we don't see, so maybe... There are some different ways where he's, I don't know, going a little bit slower, but I just worry that like his grand gestureness is going to dominate the actual work. Uh, do you know what? I agree. And and I think there is an element of Portia drinking the engagement ring Kool-Aid. Like I think that's sort of disappointed me a little bit. In fact, we asked a question on uh, Instagram, which was, what do you think of Portia accepting the engagement ring from Dennis? And we had big mistake, too soon, wants to cheat, always a cheat. She's going to do what she wants. It was all show in real time. It sounds like he's back to his shady ways. We haven't researched that because no. we're not big on research, but yeah. we will do. Um, desperate, she can do way better than Mr. Hot Dog's Fat Steve Urkel. <laughs> That's awesome. She deserves the best. I love that. Thank you, Lindella11. Um, and then just a simple, ugh, from yeah. uh, the design wino. Also a great name. Um, so I think we're all feeling a bit like Portia has drunk that engagement Kool-Aid. But on the flip side, she does seem to be making him take responsibility. Like, she's not letting him off easy right. in certain ways. So I felt like that dinner was super interesting with, like, the entire family. I mean, I like that he apologized for his infidelity. Um, but again, like, he does, I just wrote, he doesn't under, seem to understand the depths of what his decisions have done. Like, he doesn't get it. And I find that really frustrating. Me too. And I think it just means that he's going to make the same mistakes. I don't think like exactly like you say, the gravity of what he's done doesn't occur to him. And I think even though it seems to a little bit during this dinner, like he seems to see that actually it wasn't just Portia he hurt, but her mom and her sister and right. her family. I just don't know if he buys it. And there was something that he said that really annoyed me. And he said... Um, it's important that we do this. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, it's important that we do this. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not in a position to be there right. laying down the law, telling them how they need to feel and act. You need to be like humble as shit saying, I fucked up and whatever it's going to take for you guys 
just let me know and I'll do that to make you trust me again. Right. And I think Lauren brought up a really good point because this happened in Laura's Lauren's relationship as well, Portia's sister, and how like Dennis listened to her talk about like all the devastating things that went on in her relationship and like still didn't grasp like why this is a big deal. So, you know, I think the jury's still out. We'll see what happens with them. But um you know, we all kind of cross our fingers and hope for the best, right? Exactly. Um, And then moving on to Tanya in Kenya, we had like, this is kind of bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. It's going to explode. It hasn't quite exploded yet. But what we saw was they were all having a foot massage and Candy spilled the beans on Kenya. Or they were talking about Tanya and Paul and Kenya talking about her but not being explicit and honest about it. Um, and Tanya decides to bring out the wig. Now, we asked a question about whether we th- people thought Tanya was being intentionally shady. And interestingly, 80% said yes and 20% said no. And I, I was a no. Yeah, I think I was a no as well, actually. Maybe I was a yes. I don't, I don't quite remember where I voted on that one. But I actually don't think she is being shady. I think she heard about what Kenya was saying was like, oh, well, since this is now being brought up, I have this wig. She already had it. She was going to give it to Candy anyways. I also don't think Tanya's trying to be mean. And for me, that's always a huge difference. Like, Kenya is trying to be mean. Tanya's not. Yeah, Kenya Kenya is mean. She's, you know, people say people don't have a mean bone in her body. Like, everybody in Kenya's bone, everybody in Kenya's bone, you know what I'm trying to say. Every bone in Kenya's body is mean. Um, but I think I think Tanya literally turned up with the wig to give it to Candy to give right. to Kenya. And then after this story went, oh, well, hang on. Like, while we're here, fuck right. it. This is, this, this is what I've got going on. Like, I think she does have a slight, fuck it, I'm, this is a bit messy. I know it is, yeah. but I'm going to do it. But I don't think she intended that. I don't think she turned up with the wig for that reason. No, I 100% agree with you. I have a lot, I have, I'm much more apt to believe that Tanya is nice versus Kenya because I don't feel like we've ever really seen her be anything but. Like, even when she was bigger on the show a couple seasons ago, we never saw her be messy and shady. Like, she's just a nice girl. So. Yeah, she she really is. Um, but also, I just think it's so funny for Kenya. Like, Kenya did something really messy. Like, what she did at the dinner table, sort of making those implications, everybody's a bit on edge, not being honest or open, transparent. That was messy. She did it to set the cat amongst the pigeons. She did it on purpose. She knew what she was doing. Um, Tanya does this one thing that's kind of a little bit messy, but not that messy. Right. And Kenya is on the fucking warpath. Like, I don't know where this is going to end, but it's not going to be pretty. No, it's definitely not. And I think we'll, we'll see it kind of expound next episode yeah um so let's move on to below deck below deck we're more and more every week i think we're seeing the divide grow between women and men on this show (laughs) like oh my god it's like i think this was the week where for the first time every girl hates every boy and vice versa courtney is over brian brian's being a twat to her um And throughout the whole thing, there's just this constant undercurrent. I feel, and maybe it's just because I hate him so much that I kind of uh, am attributing all my negativity towards him, but I just feel like it's all coming from Ashton. Yeah. And he's just allowing this environment of toxic 
masculinity and misogyny to just grow and grow and grow. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he's really that apologetic about it. Like, I even feel his comments, you know, even after the fact, just he doesn't give a shit that he's a misogynist. Like, he doesn't see it. He doesn't care whether he is or not. Like, he just feels like this is who he is, and that's fine. I mean, just looking at some of the... I had to write some of these things down that are just being said amongst these boys, like, for fun. And you know what they would do? They'd dismiss it as locker room talk and that, you know, you can't judge them on locker room talk. Well, fucking listen up, because we are judging you on this locker room talk because it's bullshit. And by the way, it's on TV, so everybody can watch it. Like, you're not in a locker room. You're on the job. Yeah. So these are some of the things that were said, and it's all of the guys saying various things. So Kevin says, is Kate being too much of a bitch for you to stick your dick in her tonight or what? Uh... Tana says, I don't like bitchy girls, but I also want to get laid. So the bitchier, the better. Um, We've got Ashton. Did you slap her with your dick? Uh, I hope you're going to fuck her fucking good. Um, And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. He also says, oh, little Katie has come out to play and she's acting like a brat. Um, All of this chat is just absolute everyday chatter for them like it doesn't occur to them that this is as damaging as it is right and it just i mean it just goes to show how little respect any of these men have for women like i i get like hookup chat like fine but i feel like this bleeds into their professional dealings like do you know what i'm saying and i mean i'm not even actually that fine with their hookup chat but i understand that it happens and whether that be good, bad, the ugly, whatever. But I think when it starts blurring how you treat people in a work environment, that's when it becomes a problem because you're not in the hookup environment. Like, you are in a work situation. Yeah, this is a really nasty, this is a really nasty cesspit to be involved in right now. Like, if I was around these boys, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near them. No. They're bullies. It's disgusting. And... Um, even like following Ashton on Instagram, there just doesn't seem to be any recognition. Like he's doubling down, he's defensive, he doesn't give a shit. Right. Um, And I think that's, I think it's sad, but I also think it's kind of cool that this is being exposed. Like I think it's really interesting that we all sort of are horrified now because of what's going on in in the news and we see all, you know, Me Too and all of this and everybody thinks that we're way more woke than we were and that things are better. And actually, these are young guys right. who should know better who are still perpetuating this kind of bullshit. And um, and I think, I think it's actually good that we're knowing that this shit still goes on. Yeah. I feel like this season is particularly bad. Like, I don't... I'm trying to remember back to past seasons of Below Deck, and I don't feel like I've felt it like this. But I feel like this season is particularly terrible. Do you know what you? I, I, you're right, and I think I have to attribute it to Ashton again, and and maybe it's just because I hate him. But he is definitely he. Listen, things come from the top down, and right. he's at the top, and he is without doubt misogynistic whether it's a subconscious bias or a fucking conscious bias i don't give a shit it's not okay but he is allowing this and it's breeding and i think when ashton was just a deckhand before a a lid was kind of kept on it because he could only go so far and be so awful right but now that he's got free reign i just think it's allowed it to breed which is such a shame because really if everything truly came from the very top of this boat everything would be lovely because captain lee has nothing but the utmost respect 
for the women on board and likes things to be, you know, handled professionally. And it's just not, I mean, he must be shitting himself watching this on TV and being like, what the fuck? Yeah, that scene at the market was awful. Like the way Brian spoke to Courtney, the way the the guys just stood there like standing smirking while really visibly upset women were trying to like get their point across was just... It's given me like the like the rage. Yeah, and they're just not bothered. Um, like those fucking boy no. friendship bracelets are just stupid. Do you know? I could I, like it made me want to vomit. I couldn't even. It was so pathetic. Yeah, that I I, I couldn't. Um, we did ask on Instagram if there were any redeeming features for Ashton at all at this stage. Eighty one percent said no. Nineteen percent said yes. Um, which is interesting. I'd be genuinely interested to know what those redeeming features are. And like strong jawbone doesn't count. No, no, that that's, you know, like I want some seriously tangible, good personality redeeming features. Yeah. And I feel like everybody, because we asked everyone what they thought of the bro bracelets. And I mean, the amount of vomiting emojis that are in the answers to these stickers (laughs) is like unreal. I wrote douche patrol. Smithy 2602 said pathetic, ha. Huh? Caliber 21 did like three throw up emojis and then the almost throw up emojis. <laughs> and then she said, What are we 12? And at sleepaway camp, grow up. Amor um, <laughs> <laughs> Zahn said, Trying hard to fit in the brew crew, the almost vomiting thing. Laura Jolly said, WTF? Question mark, exclamation point. So, I mean, I think we're all on the same page here. Like, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, we don't know whether they're going to do a reunion or not because it's a bit hit and miss with Below Deck. Sometimes they do, right. sometimes they don't. I I pray to God that they do, but I worry they won't because they've been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes interviews for Below Deck uh, for Bravo TV yeah. on uh, Instagram. So I'm hoping that that doesn't replace the reunion, but we'll see. Right. Um. Either way, you've got. We'll make sure that you get the skinny on everything below deck. You know what we're like. Absolutely, I'm really excited about the new below deck starting. I think it starts next week. It starts the third of February. The yachting. The oh sailing my god, I'm one. so excited! I'm so excited! Yeah. I can't wait. Um, also, it's got that fit chef in it. Whose name chef I forget? Adam. Chef Adam. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Vanderpump rules. Let's move Vanderpump on. Vanderpump rules. Like I, I just, think I'm finally getting to grips with it. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's a lot. It's a lot to jump into, especially if you haven't seen it before. Like you're coming into the season pretty cold. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of bullshit in the past with all these people, and it's a lot. But uh, I'm loving it. Well, I think that's what I'm going to have to come to you for a little bit, especially when we talk about the book launch. But first of all, let's chat about uh, Sheena, Max, Dana, this little sexy love triangle that's going on. I feel like Sheena is delusional, or at least I even felt that way more so. But then when I watch this episode and you see Max interacting with her, it's a very different story. Like, I mean, I do think Sheena is a bit crazy. Like, she's just got a hard on about like their thing was a thing and whatever he's doing with um, Dana is not a thing, which I don't necessarily think is the case. Like I think we've seen some more like real interaction with them, but like, but you watch him interacting with her and he does give her mixed signals. 
It's funny, isn't it? Because obviously she brought up all the texts, which I actually don't think you can hold against anybody because no. when you're seeing somebody, yeah. whether, whether you're, of course you're going to text nice shit to them. Like, that's just what happens. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? It, j- just because... Text fuck off. Just because they change their mind right. later down the line <laughs> doesn't mean they don't get to send you nice texts in the first place. Like, come on, Sheena, let's keep a grip on this. Yeah. But... I did also see something because the obviously the show made it look like she kind of basically stalked him to the boys' night. And right. actually there was something which obviously because we're not great on research, I just saw the headline, which was, you know, Sheena proves that she didn't just turn up. There's like another side to the story, Max's text messages or something. So it's I don't think it was as stalkerish as it looked. Right. But you're right. She does seem to have this need to have her relationship with Max verified as, like, a real relationship and to confine, uh, to condemn him and Dana to, like, just a fling. Yeah, and I don't like the way she is taking it out on her at work. Like, it's not Dana's issue that she's now working at Sir. Like, you need to keep it professional. Like, Sheena is not keeping it professional. She's very obviously, like, favoring this, like, Charlie mini-me that she has at work over Dana and... Who's never eaten pasta in her life. Because she has a theory. She has a theory that that's what makes people fat. Mm. (laughs) Dana's like, that's not not a theory. That's that's actually fact. Like, that's what happens. It's carbs. (laughs) But it's still delicious. I mean... It is still delicious. Just eat the fucking pasta. Life's too damn short. Yeah. Um, But I think also Sheena isn't just... I don't think Sheena's problem actually is just Dana's relationship with Max. I actually think Sheena is intimidated by Dana because I think Dana is smart and sassy. She doesn't conform to this, like, need to have loads of filler and fake and boobs and long hair and all of that. So I think there's an element of Sheena that finds Dana actually really intimidating. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I really like Dana, actually. Like, I think she... I do. I think she's like a Stasi part two, but, like, a lot nicer than Stasi was in the very beginning. Like, she's kind of a normal, basic girl, and that is yeah. hard for people, I think, to be okay with. Well, we asked, does Dana like Max more than Max likes Dana? 67% said yes and 33% said no, which is interesting. I I mean, I haven't watched it long enough to know Max, and but you said he was new this He's season as well. He's brand new too, so like none of us really have the background on Max. Um, I think I voted no in that one because I think like, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think going to her comedy show makes it more of a thing versus a hookup. Like you don't, spend time on extracurriculars when you're just hooking up. Like, you don't go to their no. stuff. So, I think we're no, going to No, I agree. I, yeah, I would have voted that. And then we also asked, does Sheena want to fuck Max? Straight to the point. Yeah. Um, 95% said yes, and 5% said no. There's no doubt in my mind that no matter what she says, oh, I'm not interested, we're just friends. She yeah. wants to fuck him. She doesn't want to fuck him because she loves him. She wants to fuck him because she wants to fuck Dana over. Yeah. That's what she wants to do. Yeah. I think I think Sheena is more in love with the idea of being in love than anything else. Like, I don't think it matters who it is. Like, because it's with everybody. It's like Brett kissed her one time and they're a thing. Like, you know, who knows what the actual story is between her and Max, but it's just like, girl, like, spend some time on you. Like, last season, she was hooking up with this other guy named Adam who was a busser at Sir, and she, like, bought him a freaking penguin and was like, 
way too much, way too fast. And it's just like the minute somebody looks at her. Hang on, sorry, what? She bought... She bought him a what? A penguin. So like, you know, zoos, you can like adopt animal, like you can adopt animals and give them money oh, okay. to do all that. So Got she it. did a penguin because it was like his favorite animal and like all this crazy shit. And it's just like, can you just chill out? Like let relationships happen in a normal pacing time frame versus having somebody look at you and you're like, right, we're now in a serious relationship and it's a thing. It's just like, come on. I don't know. A fucking penguin. I mean, that's totally normal, you massive weirdo. I mean, what the, what's wrong with her? <laughs> yeah. Fucking penguin. Yeah, and I mean, she bought Max an Apple Man. Watch because he really wanted an Apple Watch. And it's just like, Sheena, babe, like, have some more oh, self-respect. I'd really like a, I don't know, just stop trying to force it. Just yeah. chill the fuck out. And it's just, it's desperate. You know when people talk about desperate, like, that's desperate. Sheena is desperate. Like, if you look up the dictionary, that's what the definition of desperate is. Yes. Um, but the real tea in this episode was the craziness that was Stasi's book launch. And I just want to take this minute yeah. to say, because obviously I'm new to it. This is the first I've met Stasi. I really like her. You know what? She has come a really long way. Like, the beginning of the show, she was breaking... So she and Jax were together at the very beginning of Sir. And, like, he fucked Kristen and lied about it. And the Kristen and Sandoval were together at the time, too. So it was, like, this huge explosion. Stassi was a massive bitch at the very beginning. But I think she, like anybody else, like, she grew up and, like, figured out yeah. her shit and actually, cha- you know, actually started implementing better things in her life. So we see a much more put-together, badass Stassi now. I've always loved her, even when she was crazy at the beginning. But I think we see a more mature, put-together Stassi. And throughout this whole, like, book launch fiasco, I feel like she did the right thing. Like, she went and talked to Lisa about it because Lisa is the actual owner of the bar. Like, Let's be real, Tom Sandoval. You own two point five percent. Like you're you don't own the uh-huh. building. Like calm down. No. So she went to Lisa. Lisa said it was okay, and then she's been working with Schwartz on setting this all up. I think Sandoval's real problem is that she didn't go to him, and he feels like she's diminishing him in some way. Like there's a lot of insecurity there. Well, she says it. She's like, "What? Because they didn't kiss your ring?" Like she hits the nail on the head. But also, can we just take a minute to applaud the editors or the whoever it is that put this together? But the comic strip kind of story that Stasi puts out is just absolutely <laughs> genius. Yeah. Like I fucking loved it. I watched it three times. I went back and watched it again. I I just it was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, great story too. I think Stasi should put together a whole comic book based on this character. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. I also wrote down that, like, Sandoval was very, like, I am not bartending. I am an owner. And it's like, dude, you you are a bartender, which is the whole reason, like, Lisa gave you this opportunity. And I think Schwartz is 100% right. Like, we were going to figure it out. Even if I had to jump behind the bar and pour the fucking wine myself, I would do it. Because you know what? That's what Lisa would do. Like, even Lisa exactly in all of her restaurants— if they booked an event, she would work her ass off to make sure that event went fucking smoothly, regardless if people were paying or not, because Lisa understands business, where Sandoval just got his panties in a wad and wouldn't fucking pull him out of his ass. 
Well, it's all fucking ego for him. Yeah. He just wanted to be the big man. That's why he wanted to own 2.5%, not because he wanted to work his ass off actually building a business that works, but because he wants to be able to say, oh, I own yeah. TomTom. You don't. No. You've got like the tiniest stake in TomToms. And actually, Tom, the nice Tom Schwartz, Schwartz you're right. He, he does. When you own a business, you do whatever the fuck you need to do to get that business right. So if that means that at some point you have to jump behind the bar or bus plates or do whatever it is, that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. You don't show and that's up. what makes a business owner. You don't show up at the tail end of an event and make a fucking scene, which Sandoval 100% went in there to do. He got his scene and then he turned around, called Lisa and Tom and said it was all Stasi, And... Oh, I I got oh. so mad at that bit. It was like fucking running to mummy and daddy. And he knew, it was almost like you knew he was trying to get in yeah. there before anybody else could. I have no doubt, and I think the trailer for next week shows that Lisa's actually going to take a little bit more time to hear everybody's side of the story. Absolutely. Because Lisa's actually, she's not, it's not her first rodeo. No. Do you know what I mean? Like she knows how this shit goes down. Yeah. Um, but I just, I wanted to ask you a quick question. I couldn't understand whether there was any, like, background that I didn't know about between San- Sandoval and and Stasi. I think they've just never, like, super got along. But, I mean, right. you know, they've, they've been working together for ages. Kristen was her best friend and his ex. Like, you know, their lives are just, like, messy and entangled. But I think he's always had an issue with her. And I think she nails it on the head, like this event is all about her and it's stuff that she's done kind of on her own. And I think he probably resents that a bit. Like, because, you know, he didn't get this restaurant on his own. He, you know, is a tiny, tiny owner of Lisa's restaurant. And, you know, this book is Stasi, and she's done it on her own and she does a podcast. Like, she's really, like, grown her brand, for lack of a better word. And Tom really hasn't. I mean, he's got, he and, um, Ariana did a cocktail book together, which looks great. I haven't checked it out for myself. So I think he's starting to, but I think, you know, when you see somebody who's kind of already doing it, I think that is an issue for him. And I think it's especially an issue because it's her and he's just always thought she's just a big mess and she's actually not. I think it just screamed like textbook insecurity, yeah. you know, like it was just lashing out, having a tantrum, um, but even when Tom Schwartz went over to his house afterwards, he was like, Stasi is barred from that. Like, he couldn't even own his shit at that point. And sometimes with reflection, people go, you know what? Like, I was kind of a dick. Great. And I should have maybe done, yeah, whatever. He still couldn't. And, um, and it's funny because the first episode I saw was him and Jack's kind of having quite a grown up chat and I, about right. best man. And I remember sort of thinking that he was quite normal and together. And now I think he's mad as a box of frogs with as. Uh, Stasi so eloquently puts it mediocre powers of rage texting and superpowers of narcissism she couldn't have hit the nail on the head no and it's so funny because Katie who is Schwartz's wife now used to be like tequila Katie so when she'd start drinking tequila she'd start rage texting Schwartz and like she is the queen of the fucking rage text like they were brilliant love that so I mean Sandoval doesn't hold a light to it but you know you also don't do that to someone like the day of their big event and I think Bo was like 100% right on. Like, you're just being an asshole. Like, cut it out. I love Bo. Yeah, I agree. We asked um, a few questions regarding uh, this. One of them was obviously Stasi versus Tom. Team Stasi got 73% versus 27 for Team Tom. And I also asked, 
Am I the only one that sleeps with a man and a full bush most nights? No. Because, uh, and let, let's be clear, I'm not. 62% of you are also full bushing it with me. Yeah. I mean, let's all be realistic. Um, let's, I mean, I've got enough on my plate. The thought of having to fit in a wax is beyond. Yeah. I mean, most days it's lucky if I remember to brush my teeth. Um, that's true. It's gross, but it's true. Uh, anyway, I'm excited to get into Vanderpump Rules. I feel like I'm getting my stride. Uh, at least we have, and I'm just pleased at least we haven't lost Lisa Vanderpump forever. Yeah. Because she's not in Beverly Hills anymore. At least she's still in my life. Yeah. She's still doing, doing her thing. I, I cannot wait to go to her cocktail garden, which is not a I euphemism. cannot wait for you to go. <laughs> I, is it under, I can't. Um, I'm really jealous. I feel like can you can we like FaceTime it a little bit while you're there? Probably. It'll Is be really late for shitting you. Shitting on your date night a bit. Well, it'll be really late for or you. Will it? Well, yeah, you're like oh, yeah, of course. Because I'm an hour ahead or I'm an hour behind where I normally am. So you're so eight, eight hours, hours now apart. rather than seven. Yeah. So at midnight. It, it would be your early. Maybe morning. at like eleven. Eleven at night, it would be seven. Yeah. In the morning for me. I'll try to FaceTime. But you. also also, it's fine if you don't like. I realize it's your date night, and you probably Honestly, don't need me like Elijah FaceTiming may, it. Elijah may actually be asleep at that time, so if I'm still awake, I'll just <laughs> FaceTime you. <laughs> what you mean? He's not going to be thrilled to be at Vanderpump's no, cocktail garden. He gave me the biggest eye roll when I was like, "Oh my gosh, if we're going to Vegas, we really have to check this out." And he was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "No, it looks amazing and we are 100% going. And if I have to go by myself, I will, but maybe you don't want your wife at a bar by herself in Vegas at night." Well, and also, I'm outing Elijah here cuz I know how much he enjoys a pink drink. So, it's probably right up his street. It will be. He'll love it. We'll have a great time. Uh Let's head to New Jersey. Well, let's head to the Hamptons. Yes, to the Hamptons. We're, I will have to say, before we get on to our topics, Jackie is like being a great host. Like, I love the way she's made everybody feel super comfortable to, like, just hop in and kind of start doing their things. I think my hat's off to Jackie. She's doing a fabulous job. I, I agree. I think she's being super generous with her time and her space. Um, obviously Jen will disagree. We'll get onto that, uh, at some point. Yes. Um, but first of all, let's hit up this chat between Joe and Teresa, because more and more we are getting these tidbits of conversations between the two of them. And I cannot remember the last time I heard anything constructive or non-toxic pass between them. Yeah, no, I, I can't think of one at the moment. Since he's been in that ice facility. Um, and I just think, I mean, we asked on Instagram, what do you think about the way, well, you asked, what do you think about the way Joe speaks to Teresa? Um, 2% of people said they thought it was okay. And 98% yeah. of people said that it wasn't. And actually, to put that in perspective, that 2% was only made up of one vote. So maybe it was just a slip thumb. Because right. I can't imagine that anybody thinks that's no. okay. No, like, I, I can't even, like, and, and to, like, try to get Dolores in on it, and Dolores is like, that was so fucking wrong. Like, I don't know. Well, it was so uncomfortable, yeah. and it just felt really, um, 
like it loaded it a lot. It made it feel way more loaded than it needed to be. And it's just mean, you know, it's like, go and find yourself a doctor. You know, the whole thing just made me feel icky. But also what we got out of it was the admission that Teresa is point blank saying, I only, I'm staying with him because we've got four daughters together. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's interesting because I don't know. I mean, for my money, I can't imagine. I'm, I've never been in that situation. Right. So it's easy for me to say. But my gut feeling is staying together for the kids is never a good enough reason to stay together. A hundred percent no. And I mean, I don't think, I mean, I come from a divorced family. And I'm going to tell you, I think my, if my parents had stayed together, it would have really warped my sense of what a normal relationship or like a healthy relationship should be. And I think if we just look at the way he's talking to her, like he thinks he's talking to the Teresa of six years ago where she would just put up with it and deal with it. And he, like the fact that she's grown doesn't even seem to cross into his consciousness or that like the past five years have really taught her that she needs to stand up on her own and be independent. Like he doesn't realize he's not talking to the same Teresa and that's going to be to his detriment because, you know, I think one other thing we got from this was like when the whole retelling was happening and Marge was like, what the fuck is he talking about? You're a hot piece of ass. Like you're a hundred percent going to get somebody. And I think we see like more of a bonding between Teresa and Marge because of this. And like Margaret is just going to let the shit go that kind of happened in the past and move forward. And I think we really see that, Margaret is a really good friend to her. And, you know, Teresa needs people around her to remind her that she's not the Teresa from five, six years ago. I I agree. And I think as well that Joe, um, it, I don't know whether he's refused, like consciously refusing to accept it, but I think on some level it's very difficult for Joe to accept that Teresa is a better, stronger version of herself without him. Like, he always, I felt to a certain extent, took credit for Teresa. Like, she's right. my wife. She's the perfect Italian wife. I've made her that way. Like, this is this is how I run the house and the family. And she's just falling into, um, into the role that I have set out for her. And I think it's it, he is point blank. His ego cannot bear to accept that actually she's much better, much stronger, much more resilient, much more efficient, much more successful without him around. Absolutely. Did you catch like earlier in the episode, Dolores called her Teresa Gorga? I, do you know what? So I didn't catch it until you just said it, but what I what it did make me do is when I went to search for a picture of him, I wrote Joe Gorga because it had obviously right. gone into my, I was like, no, I don't need that. I don't need that, Joe. I need... So I think you're right. And I think there's no doubt. I know it's... I I don't know what's going on, but I think there's no doubt that they're going to end up not together because... And I think they're officially divorced. And if you look, when I was looking for pictures, there was loads of pictures of Joe with the girls, but there was none of skinny Joe with Teresa. Right, Like lots of fat Joe with Teresa, like in days gone by. Absolutely none of skinny Joe and Teresa together. So it doesn't seem to me like this is going to end anywhere except divorce. City. No, and I almost wonder if like her friends and family are seeing a resurgence of who she was before Joe as well, because like that's the sense I get from Dolores. Like this is the real Teresa, and she's finally being like let out of this like marriage bubble. When Bravo did that montage of all the bullshit things that they've got Joe on camera saying to her. It's fucking disgusting, man. I mean, even I remember watching at the time, my fucking bitch cunt of a wife or whatever it is that he says. I mean, 
to to say that she was in an abusive relationship is is hard, but I don't understand how anybody can sit there and listen to their husband say that about them and not fucking get up and walk out unless they have been through years and years and years of of behavior that makes them think that that's all they deserve. Right. Well, and I think Dolores speaks to this later on in this episode where she's just like, I grew up hearing men speak to women like that. Like, that's very old school Italian, but I'm fucking too old to deal with that bullshit anymore. And like, I really think we're seeing these women kind of, as they get older, just not want to fucking deal with that old school misogynistic bullshit anymore. Like, these are strong, independent women who are doing things on their own, not to quote the song, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, they're they're finally realizing their self-worth outside of a marriage, outside of being this couple. And I think it's really nice and refreshing that they're coming to this before it's too late for, like, Teresa to pass this on to her girls. Like, her girls, I mean, even though Gia's graduating, like, her girls are still young, and, like, it's not too late for them to really accept the strong, you know, female role in their lives as well. No, I agree. I think it's I think it's important that they're doing it, but it's certainly not a given. So I think on that level, I think it's it's great that Dolores yeah. and the rest of them are kind of pushing it, but also great that they all jump to her defense. They're like, that is absolutely not true. What he's saying to you is not true. Right. Um so yeah, we'll see. And talking about worth, um, did you like my little segue there? I do like that. Good job. We cannot, we cannot leave New Jersey before we discuss Jennifer and this obsession with uh, with money. And I have to say, not by any means to excuse her yeah. or even really explain her behavior, but having been watching the Shahs of Sunset, yeah. which is a per- all Persian community, um, I, I, I can understand a little bit more Jennifer's cultural obsession with money and the value of things. And that because, and this isn't a slur, right. but this is how it's kind of measured very much in this community is, is financial success is kind of what's important. Right. So I can sort of understand that she's coming from a different point culturally. Having said that, there's no awareness for Jennifer of like the fucking room that she's in or the people that she's talking to. No. So this, I, I had an inch, like I had like a, a growth curve during this episode because at first <laughs> when Jen was talking to her about like, when Jen was talking to Jackie about the investments and like Jen just not knowing about any of that, I thought it was actually coming from a place of like, oh shit, like I need to be a little bit more involved in like the financial aspects of my life. I need to really try to like make sure that I'm set up in case anything happens. Like I need to be more educated was where I took the first, like the starting of this chat. The bit at the beginning. And then she just fucking went batshit and like became (laughs) just crazy. And I mean, from an outsider looking in, like for me, it boiled down to like, there are spenders and there are savers and Jackie is a saver and Jennifer is an overspender. Um, but I think Jen just like took it way too far. And like, how dare you tell somebody that they don't give a shit about their kids and that they must keep all their money to spend on themselves? Like, you're a fucking asshole. So this is when it became really clear to me that I feel like something about this conversation had tapped into 
a real insecurity of Jennifer's, yeah. which was something to do with this. It was almost like there was this light bulb recognition for Jennifer that she didn't voice, but that she recognized herself where she had put so much worth and value into money. And I feel like it started to make her question everything that she'd ever really believed in to be true and important and valuable. And she didn't like what she saw. Right. And so I think that's what she was doing. She was really lash Like the things that she... I mean, we see a lot of hurtful stuff being said on yeah. this, but that was so off the scale yeah. because I remember watching that birthday party that Jackie threw and I remember going, thank God there's a fucking normal birthday party. Exactly. And I think Margaret's absolutely right, by the way, about the grown up food. I don't think it's anything to do with stinginess or anything like that. I think if Jackie had considered that people might want to eat, because I don't think she thinks that she wants, I, I don't think she thinks about food that way for various reasons. She would have made sure that there was food to eat, but it just right. didn't occur to her. I think that's it. Jackie. Well, and to be um, honest, I was kind of surprised the adults stuck around for the party anyways, because I mean, my oldest is only seven and we don't stick around for his birthday, like the birthday parties anymore. Like parents just drop their kids off. We just deal with kids. So it kind of surprised me that the girls hung around because like Jackie's kids are older and I think she's a hundred percent correct. They just wanted to play with their friends and eat fucking pizza. Like it wasn't about yeah. the adults. Whereas I think Jennifer does everything to impress the adults that are possibly there. And the kids are kind of, I mean, the kids are having a great time, obviously. But at the same time, in my opinion, Jen throws parties for the other adults, even if it happens to be her kid's birthday, not for the kids, about the kids. No, she even says to right. Margaret, she says, I enjoy impressing people. Like, it's a, such an interesting way of phrasing it because right. it sounds, she's almost making it sound like, aren't I, like, aren't I a good, kind person? I really enjoy impressing people. But actually, what she's not being aware of is just the ostentatiousness right. of that and that how we all see through it. Like, it doesn't make anybody go, you're so amazing. It no. makes everybody go, she's got more fucking money than class. As the good yeah. old Countess Luan says, exactly. money can't buy you class. And as much as I love Jennifer every now and again, she's got a wicked sense of humor and she's whip smart. She's right. She's not got a lot of class. And that house no. of hers is so massive. It, it just, it's empty. Like it, yeah. you can't fill it. It's empty. Um, whereas I think Jackie is highlighting to her. I think Jackie highlights this to her in this conversation. I think everything Jackie stands for threatens Jennifer on a level of kind of real value and morals and right. all of that sort of stuff. And I think Jennifer comes up and finds herself really wanting. And that is why I think she lashes out the way she does. Not that that excuses it, but I mean, I was cheering Melissa on at the end. I was like, Fuck, babe, yeah. stab that bitch with your bread knife. Yeah. Yeah. I like, why would you throw a knife at a table? Like, she the just woman goes is, too far. And I, I, I want Melissa to kick her ass. Like, I really want to. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. I want to see Melissa. And, it, and actually, just Melissa, because I want the good Melissa. Like, Melissa's good. And I want her to kick her ass, because if Melissa's kicking her ass, then you know she fucking deserves it. Absolutely. Um, I think Jackie makes a really good point, because, like, Jen tries to throw Margaret under the bus about, like, the whole food issues and whatnot. And Margaret just owns it. She was like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I should not have said that. Like, that deeply affects you. My bad. Like, that's what a friend does. Whereas Jen just throws other people under the bus because she doesn't want to apologize. She doesn't want to and allow there it. to be a crack. And it's like this whole, like, perfect money persona is 
crumbling and she she can't deal. She can't handle it because if you don't have, if Jennifer doesn't have, you know, the plastic surgeon husband to suck all her fat out every six months, and if she doesn't have the Chanel boot, the Chanel bag, and the Chanel coat, and the Chanel whatever else Chanel she was wearing right. for fuck's sake, and she doesn't have the massive house with no fucking life and soul in it she doesn't know what the fuck is left underneath. So I think that really threatens her. And I think what she sees in Jackie is this smart per- person who's really in love with her family. Um, they've got a really equal relationship in right. terms of her marriage. And it was just all very icky. And I think it started off with this Jennifer being impressed that fact that like she had money. And right. why didn't you know Jennifer? Like you've been supposedly friends for years and you didn't know that. Like that's right. the whole thing was just really, really uncomfortable. But yeah, I can't wait for next week. I just want to see Melissa kick her ass. Hell yes. And, and yeah, because it was just, I don't know. It was dark. Went very dark. Yeah. Um, and then finally... We've got very cavalry. Very cavalry, which kind of opens up with um, her talk, Kristen talking about like how she's grieving her relationship with Kelly, which I thought was really interesting. Um, because I think you do. Like when you lose a really great friend, you you have to go through the grieving process. Yeah. Um, I thought it was super interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I was going to ask you if you'd ever like had a full-blown argument slash like lost friends as an adult. Not as an adult. I think I've more grown apart from friends. So, like, I've had some, you know, very, very close friends from the time I've growing up. But I think that's also just, like, a growing up thing. Like, yeah, your friendship has to evolve. Like, when I was in my 20s and we could spend all of our time together, like, it was just easy. Like, you don't have kids. You don't have, like, demands on your time. And then I moved overseas, so that kind of moved me away from a lot of, you know, my my close friends. And I made I made different sort of friends. It's like, I made best friends as adults. You made really cool, amazing friends? And, well, I mean, like, we, we grew up, like, we made a family overseas. And not just talking yeah. about, like, having our kid. Like, we, we hand chose, like, our, our family there. And... We did it as adults and in a very different space. So I, I, th- I don't. I've never had a massive fight like that. But it's funny because I never have until recently. And right. and, and in fact, I, I could re- I can really relate to to Kristen on this. And in fact, to Kelly in certain ways as well. Because I thought it was really interesting is the astrologers chat about um, how when Kelly and Kristen are good together, they're great. But when they're in conflict, they speak completely different languages. And I was like, that's really interesting because, you know, that I can apply that to certain stuff going on. But also, um, I really, I really felt for Kristen because she's really doing the right thing. Like she, she's doing, she's sort of in that place where she's like, I'll never forgive myself if I feel like I haven't done everything that I can. And she reaches out and Kelly just once again doesn't even get back in touch. Which made me so disappointed because I was like, you were just on like last talking to Justin about all of this. Like I really thought it was going to end up differently that like Kelly was going to reach out and they were going to like have some sort of closure and it doesn't look that way. Like Kelly just doesn't respond. Well, I'm trying to, let me just hang on. What did we say about, what did we have here? Um, I wrote, do you think this is the end for Kristen Cavallari and Kelly? 77% thought it was breakup station, but 23 thought it was just a blip in the road. So we'll see. I kind of hope it isn't because I never like to see a great friendship go down the toilet. Right. But sometimes, as her friend Pip said, sometimes friendships just are here for a short time, not a lot, you know, here for a good time, not a long time. So yeah. maybe that's what's happening. Um, 
I also asked, has Kelly been drinking the fame Kool-Aid? And a hundred percent of people said yes, every yeah. last drop, which it's, is a real shame. It is a shame. I also don't necessarily blame her for that. Like this is her first kind of taste of it. And I think it would be really difficult. Like Kristen obviously really struggled with it when she was on, you know, Laguna Beach when she was a teenager. So Kristen's had a lot of experience on how to deal with this and things like that. And yes, you could kind of hope as an adult, you'd have a better perspective, but I think it would be really hard. Like, I think whenever you kind of get your first taste of like, I don't know, like a lot of followers or people mention you in the post, like, it's going to bring out something that maybe maybe Kelly doesn't even like that about herself. Like, maybe she's just really embarrassed that, like, yeah. she fell so hard for, like, the fame whore. But I don't know. I feel bad for Kelly, but I also feel like if she really wanted to fix her friendship, she'd text her friend back and be like, you know, let's chat about this. Yeah, I mean, even if you feel like you, you don't want to apologize, you can at least have the conversation. Right. Um, I agree. Like, I really feel for for Kelly but actually I'm I'm and I sure you are too I'm team Kristen all the way mm-hmm. um and I just don't want her to be sad anymore no no and I feel like she's got so much so many other people in her life that genuinely care for her like I think Justin I mean Justin's known her since she was 18 and um she has beags and you know, Chicago. And what I thought was really interesting is the astrologer pointed out like she has Jay and Jay really balances her and you know, I I kind of took that to heart and was like, maybe I need to appreciate my husband a little bit more. Like, I think you always get in this like <laughs> realm where you kind of don't yeah. think about them enough and you're just like, you know what? No, like actually we we work that way together. And that's Oh, I think you do. Like yeah. I think Jay and Elijah are quite similar in their lack yeah. of water. Don't tell him that. Um, I brought it I brought it up at breakfast this morning. Um because the people at the conference were asking me what I was doing today. And I was like, oh, I've got my podcast today. And um, he brought up when Jay Cutler used to play football, he used to always be like really pouty on the field. So there's this whole phenomenon called smoking Jay memes. You should all look them up. Where people have just like <laughs> photoshopped cigarettes into his mouth on like the sidelines of games. Um, and I was like, and so I stuck up for Jay. And I was like, actually, you see a really different side of him in this show because he's not playing football. It's not about him. And it's a really nice and refreshing thing to see this other side of him. So I'm sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, but. But no, let me tell you, I, I week on week, I'm falling more and more in love with Jay. It's like a full, bro- it's a full blown crush. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I had a dream. I had a dream about Jay. Wow. And it was really good. He was really big and he could like lift me up. It was a lot going on. It was very sexy. <laughs> Not joking. I'm getting a little bit like embarrassed talking about it. You look for clamped. Okay, I am. I'm like blushing a bit now. Um, anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, the other big story this week, obviously, and very cavalry, was Britney and Stone Saga continuing with the pregnancy scare. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine anything worse? No, no. I mean, at that least she's a modern wor- woman w- and has modern, you know, options that she you know, could take care of. But, um, you know, it turns out that she's not. And what I do really like is I feel like they're she's getting some closure. Like, I think the meeting with the astrologer was really interesting, which, by the way, that astrologer was pretty spot on. I was like, I want to meet him. I want him. I need yeah. him on my team. It was yeah. pretty, pretty interesting. And so I think she is going, I think towards the end of the episode, we obviously see her kind of feeling closure and being okay with like her next thing. And honestly, I do think she looks a lot better and looks a lot happier than she ever has on this show. Kind of after all She this. doesn't even that, 
even that night out but at the end you could already see like you know my problem with Britney is that she's boring as fuck yeah. and actually even at the night out already I'm like oh already you're vaguely a touch more interesting absolutely so I feel like this is a step in the right direction. I did get a bit annoyed when she sat there at lunch with her friends going, I think I'm pregnant. Just fucking take the test. Don't sit right. there and talk about whether you think you might be pregnant or not. Just no. pee on a fucking stick you're and let's get this 14. shit over and done with. Like, you're not a 14-year-old with don't an unwanted need... pregnancy. Like, handle it like a grown-up. Just go take the fucking test. You don't need a big sister to go and buy you a pregnancy kit. Right. Just fucking go and sort this shit out. Anyway, she did. She's not pregnant, thank God. Uh, because even I would have had, like, even my cold, dead heart would have kind of melted a little bit for her yeah. in that situation. Yeah, that's poor timing. Mostly because st- Stone still makes my skin crawl. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not he's not he's a just, hot dude. He's not a hot dude. And then they do the dog walking thing in the shorts with the pasty legs and oh, yeah. it was uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not here to bitch and moan about somebody physically, but I'm 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 going to bitch and moan right, about Stone right. physically. I just not. It's like the opposite of fizzy knickers, whatever that is for me. Um, So, yes, I think uh, I'm interested to see. I really hope that Kelly, I'm going to be honest, I hope that Kelly does reply to a text message because otherwise I can't see there being that much content for Very Cavallari unless Kelly and Kristen get to talk at some point. Right, right. I'm sure they will. It may not be next episode, but maybe it'll be like towards the end um, because I think, oh, I didn't even make a note. Um, the, her, these seasons aren't very long on E, so I don't think we have, I think we're almost like halfway there, so. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, is that us? That's us, but we did, I think, uh, we're fairly confident that we are going to be adding Shaws of Sunset in. Kat has been binging, and I think she's fallen a bit in love with, with them, so. Well, to be honest, we can have, we had a chat about it because I was, conscious that sometimes our podcast becomes very very long and I didn't want to add another one in and take our podcast like two flipping hours because nobody's got time for that shit (laughs) um we all love reality tv but not that much um so that was my reservation but actually I think we're just going to get better at keeping this shit concise which is obviously going to be music to Jimmy Sims's ears um (laughs) and I think we can add it in I've been watching it I think it's great uh they're mental and I'm really excited to get talking about them. So we'll throw that in and then obviously we'll switch Below Deck out for the sailing version. Absolutely. I can't wait. So uh, until next week. Until next week. Have a great one and we'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. 